This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 85 of the Boundary Park Alert System. That I don't know where that hello, hello, hello came from. It was nothing to do with uh, the police, laughing policemen, anything like that. We're not talking about that today. That is off the agenda. So, um, go on, Andy. I can see you're primed to say something there. No, I am. You look like you were just br- taking a breath, ready to speak. I well, think, I think the B word needs to be off. I think. I think. No, well, no, so I I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Biffo, I'm not bothered about him. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. The uh, the intro there, yeah, sounded a bit fast to begin with, and then we didn't speak quick enough. We're gonna have to get our timings better on uh, on the coming on after the intro, aren't we? If we're gonna play it live, uh, yeah, but I can edit it, Andy. Now I'm gonna have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to minimise editing, Andy. Uh, you know, and uh, just look, just just leave it to me. Okay, I know what I'm doing, right? That's that's the message. That's that's what's on brand. As whether it's right or wrong, right? We just stick to it. Right. Speaking of competence, Adam, welcome to the pod. I'm not sure about that, but good morning. How I know. We? Well, I'm just trying to. I'm, this is all about positivity. Now, it's a new it. dawn. It's a it. new day, right? So we're. we're we're, we're, you know, we've we've a few. I think on the whole, the pod has been well received over the last couple of years. Um, but one of the things that we've been accused of is being a bit negative. Uh, I I would like to uh, have said that we've been just been telling it as it is and and, and realistic about the situation, which has been dire. Um, but there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. I saw I saw somebody wrote. I don't know where it was, but. It's nice to have light at the end of the tunnel as opposed to a train coming in the opposite direction. I think I read that on Twitter. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was quite nicely put. So, um, you know, we're we're in the middle of a, a heat wave, proper one. It feels like proper summer that that, that you know proper countries have uh, in summertime as opposed to what we usually get. And um, used to that down south, though, isn't it? You know, it, it, it is. I'm honestly five degrees warmer down south all year round. I don't know why. Yeah. It's not that far away, but it geography, is. Andy. Geography, pollution, probably. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think it's just because we where we are. We're just. I mean, Oldham is on a hill, isn't it? I just bought a bike. Uh, you realise Oldham is is hilly when you buy a bike, um, and you're not in the best of shape. But um, yeah, so it's it's all uphill or downhill from here. I think we've got a lot of work to do, haven't we? And I think like the, the, the podcast is going to be different in, in this coming season because we're going to have a whole new, new um, things to talk about, but we're going to be reporting on a different journey, I guess, the start of a new journey, um, National League. Whoopee! Yeah, so that's going to be different. Um and then hopefully we're going to have lots of, of, of interaction with the club um, because we'll have new owners in. Um, unfortunately, we, you know, the, we, the, the old regime is still hanging on, uh, hopefully simply just doing its best to facilitate the, uh, the sale as opposed to anything else. Uh, more still kicking around, um, presumably trying to uh, you know, sell himself as, as, as somebody who can be kept on. Uh, under the new re- regime, as a as a competent and uh, progressive sporting director, do you think he's got any chance of that? I don't know, but he, we're short of ground staff, cleaners. He could probably do something like that, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah. He could, um, if there's a club dog, he could walk that in his flat cap. <laughs> Seriously, though, I find it fascinating that um, heads, heads of terms have been agreed. So, so therefore, you, you're in a position where you're, in, in effect, you've exchanged contracts on buying a house, you're just waiting for the completion date. And he, he's, still, he's still clinging on and being here. Why is he here? <laughs> what is he getting out of this? Pay. He's, still, he's, still, he's still got a job title, hasn't he? So he's still being paid a wage. So he'll want every penny he can get. But surely, if the, if the man lives in Germany with his family <laughs> most of the time, he has income in that country, I'm led to believe, so why why would he hang on to a to a job? It's obviously it's obviously a paid job. There's not paying him vast inordinate sums of money, presumably. <laughs> it's just weird. You'd be like, right, my brother's selling it. I, I'm not particularly welcome here. I've only got one mate, and he's 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 been shoved out. So I mean, I'm gonna just clear off now. See you later. I'm going back to Germany to spend time with my family. You'd, you'd think that would be the most obvious thing, but no, I'm gonna cling on for it right until the end. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. No, I mean, you'd think I'm not a family man, but you'd think that if you had kids and a family in an, another country, that that would be a priority. You get getting back, knowing full well that your your tenure is up, um, exactly. and and just get back and, and figure out your priorities and your new life after you know four wonderful years. That's what you do. <laughs> Pre- presumably, there's like I would imagine there's quite a lot of. Um, interest in him around the football world now as a, as a sporting director. He's got he's got that on his CV, which he didn't have before. So it seems to me that in football, once you've got a job, you can move on to, you know, get jobs elsewhere. So, I, w- I mean, presumably he's going to be moving to France, I would imagine, and becoming a French fifth, fourth, fifth division sporting director or something like that, now that he's got the credentials. I personally like to see him as a manager. I think, obviously, you know, been there, he's done that, <laughs> you know. He's taking this experience on with him somewhere else, can't you? You'd just feel so. I mean, let's say he did take over some sort of fifth, sixth division French club. You just feel sorry for the fans, wouldn't you? Because he's just going to absolutely decimate and ruin them. The man is hopeless, incompetent, and foolish. And uh, the fact that he's still here, I think, speaks volumes about him, his character. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because, you know, Shez is obviously getting on with it, isn't he? Um, Last week, um, we went. To, we recorded on Friday, didn't we? I uh, went to Bamber Bridge with Dave. Uh, had a really, really good day out. <laughs> it was boiling. Uh, it was nil-nil. <laughs> it was really, really rubbish as a football match. But it was a really, really good day. They had a really good setup at Bamber Bridge. Uh, there was quite a lot of fans there. Joe Royal was there. Um, and it, it was just... It was what... For, the point of a, of a pre-season friendly was, which was a really good day on the, on the booze. Um... And uh, it was a cracking day, but like I said, it was. I mean, it looked like a lot of players that had never played together before. Some of them looked like they were carrying a bit too much timber and uh, and that kind of thing. And it was boiling. So, like you know, it was it, it was what it was. I think um, yesterday's game against Wigan um, was a little bit of an improvement. Uh, and then we'll hear. Uh, in fact, let's listen. Let's listen now to uh, the match report, uh, which we've got here from Dave.
Match Report! 1,150 were present at Boundary Park today to see Oldham Athletic get comprehensively beaten by Wigan. The first half shows a confident display from Oldham, with a strong back line of Norman in goal, Windass, Angol and McGee, and the captain Liam Hogan. Wigan only had one chance from an in-swinging free kick, which Magnus Norman was more than equal to, showing a strong hand at the near post. On 21 minutes, Alan Hawke put Latics ahead close range, following a clever flick over the onrushing Ben Amos, the ex-Latics loanee. Oldham's play was very positive and the build-up play was a real sight for sore eyes. However, the only frustrating part of the afternoon was Jack Stobbs, who kept on getting into really good areas, only to disappoint with a poor cross. It is still early days and Jack's got a lot to offer, however, he needs to get past that first man. Wigan in the second half decided to change it up with the strength and depth of the championship side. It did show to be Oldham's undoing. Harry Vaughan looked good and comfortable on the ball however he was caught in possession by Max Power who broke free and set a cute pass to James McLean who struck past the floundering Luke Wyler Latics were somewhat deflated by this and Hogan was eventually substituted with Nathan Sheeran moving to centre-back. Without the battling, impressive Sheeran in the middle of the park, who I felt dominated the game, Wigan dominated, and it wasn't long before McLean, goal-scoring now turning provider, for Exlatic's Callum Lang to score Wigan's second with a cute header. Curtis Tilt had it a late third from a corner to secure Wigan the victory. Final score, 3-1. The BPAS man of the match for me was Liam Hogan. Match, match Report! So there we go. That's how you make a preseason friendly sound exciting. Well, at least try. <laughs> these, I, these, these, these features that we're going to introduce this season are, uh, are, are, are going to be are going to be fun, aren't they? We, we've got more to come, Adam. That's you know you, you're you're putting your head in your hands. That's, That's not the only job, feature. There are more features that will, that, will, that will break as the as the weeks progress. I'm channeling my inner Alan Partridge. I'm just embracing it. I'm just embracing. It. I'm not going to try and do anything original. Not nobody does anything original these days. Just just be just just be Alan. But um, yeah, I mean preseason friendlies like the Bamber Bridge game was dreadful. Uh, Dave said it was definitely a bit of an improvement. He said that Fondop and Luamba looked like they might have a bit of something together up top. Um, Porter was, made a difference. First half performance was was much better, apparently. Um, and then, obviously, it's the way with friendlies, with the heat and everything else, they, there's a big change around, and Wigan changed it up. But uh, a bit few more signs of encouragement. I, I saw it on the hashtag. People are funny, aren't they? Like, read, you know, like, oh, God, after last week against, you know, it's like, you really, there's just no point reading anything into these games, is there at all? At the end of August, we'll have an idea about what, what the side's like, won't we? But until then, it's just... Just minutes in the legs, isn't it? Exactly. It's just, yeah. I can't, I tweeted this after I saw a picture of, um, uh, there was a picture of Joe Joe Royal stood next to John Sheridan at Bamber Bridge. You know, there aren't aren't many things to to set the heart racing, but I was one. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I tweeted this afterwards as well. Just the fact that Joe Royal's there and you know, Darren Royal and Joe Royal, in terms of what they did at Wigan on the field was pretty good. And John Sheridan, you know that Royal and Sheridan will get on. It just makes me feel so much more at ease with myself. Like (laughs) this time last season, I was already desperately worried about what was going to happen and I had every right to be. And and if, if if, if we'd still have Mo Lemsigan recruiting players now, forcing them on John Sheridan that he didn't want, with the likelihood that Sheridan would be sacked at the end of October for not being in the top three, <laughs> you, you you could just you could feel the desperation will be kicking in. 
But I feel, just feel so much more zen about the whole affair. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. If we, if we even if we don't even if we don't compete this season in the top six or seven and get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter because it'll come. It's going to come. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> to feel so much better. Totally different, isn't it? Because I think we. We like we were saying, it's like, oh, well, they've got the court case, and we don't know is the sale going to go through, and all this stuff's going on in the background that, that we don't know about. Um, which is you know, a lot of people that we're talking to keeping very, very quiet about a lot of things. And and I think, right, to be fair, rightly so, it would have been nice as OASF to have known about some of this stuff, but you know, the most important thing is, is that this deal gets done. Um, you know, I'm getting a lot of people sending me messages. What's the story with the ownership, Matt? Do you and I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't. We honestly do not know who it is. As a as a group, we, you know, OASF and PTB, we've got a, a group WhatsApp. Um, you know, it, it, the rumors are abound. Like, you know, yesterday it's like Kevin Webster from Corrie's uh, heading up a consortium of all the Oldham based uh, Coronation Street uh, cast, <laughs> and, and that's that's the latest rumor. Uh, Rita Sullivan is uh, is going to be the uh, the tea lady and all that. It's not it, we don't know. We genuinely genuinely do not know. So we're we're holding on and, and waiting. You know, we we're expecting to get a heads up uh, of some dis- description before the, the the deal is announced, but. I think going what we have to learn from this is that going forward, I think ideally in this situation in future, that OASF is involved because the relationship with everybody is good and that the NDAs are assigned early and that they're involved in that process. And that maybe we're a stakeholder, a larger stakeholder financially and legally and whatnot at that point anyway. Therefore, we, we're obliged to be informed. So I think that's the kind of thing that we need to look forward to now. In the minute, it's just a simple case of, there's new people coming in. We have it on, like you said, Andy, you know, the Royals, people we know genuinely care about the club. Um, I think, you know, when we had Simon and uh, Paul on from the FLG, you know, they've been involved. We know that they're fans of the club. We're not talking. Everyone's going to do things differently and everyone's going to have different views and different opinions and, and, and hindsight 2020 and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, people who are fans of the club are going to do what they think is the right thing and they're going to do it to the best of their ability. And And for me, that's... And their incentives are right. That for me, that's good enough. And if I'm getting assurances from, you know, Darren Royal and, and Joe Royal, and, and I'm all right. I'm relaxed. I'm not worried about it. I'm just like, like, let's just get this process done, and let's just then build a relationship with these new owners or new owner, whoever it is, and 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 hopefully just have a really inclusive football club that we can all be proud of again. And like you said, if we don't make the playoffs this season, I think we will. I think we're going to get up around that top seven. I really do. Um, then next season, maintain the best players from the squad, add again, go again. It's a, just a completely different outlook, isn't it? Not having to talk about Simon Blitz and the ownership of the land and what's it you and Will arguing about. You and Will have moved on from what's the land worth to talking about NFTs in Crawley Town, which we're not allowed to talk about. So that's just... But, you know, it's di- the point is, is that there's different discussions. There's different <laughs> topics of conversation now. We don't have to keep going over the same old ground. And it's and it's just exciting, isn't it? To be fair, but- that NFT conversation is just <laughs> on another planet. Absolutely <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm leaving this group. I'm out of it. If this doesn't stop, I'm going. Set up another one. F- NFTs. <laughs> as long as it doesn't stand for no fucking takeover, I'm not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. Talking about uh, it, moving on, if if I just talk about something that I don't think we've actually completely concluded and wrapped up yet, and we didn't talk about it last week, was um, we tweet we tweeted this, 
But we have had our own login to uh, Her, Her Majesty's uh, Courts and Tribunals uh, portal for some time. But uh, my mate Haley from the Rolls Building gave to me. I think she gave me a login because she was proper bored of me turning up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say she's going to miss you, but that 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 suggests that no, she's not. Yeah, I think she was just trying <laughs> to get rid of me. But she gave me a she gave she showed she showed me how to register and get a login. So I've got a login. Um, and what was interesting is, as, as you guys know, because I was showing it in a group often enough, we weren't obviously talking about it on the podcast every week. Literally every forty-eight or seventy-two hours, it kept updating with a new date, uh, and things were happening in the background, um, which I was led to believe from talking to uh, people at the court that it was likely that parties or or party or parties were applying for extensions and or uh, papers were being submitted like the defence, obviously, uh, so, so that the prosecution could see what, what the defence was saying about why they uh, would would not accept the, the, the claim. But it stopped on the 12th of June, and um, this was before the announcement, and, and it just hasn't updated since. So I think there's just sort of an anticipation now. We're just waiting for the takeover to go through, and then I'm expecting that to get cleared which just wraps it all up, doesn't it? So you can just not have to worry about all that. And this goes back to the same point again. I don't have to worry about a court case. I don't have to worry about ridiculous recruitment. I can just be a fan again. How well, good's that going to be? What, that's you, what we all want, isn't it? No one wants to be talking about. You're such a liar, Adam. You want to start your own Phoenix club. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that is why you started Push Cats the Bollocks. The Stop Cats lying. The Stop lying. You know you're, you're gutted. You're know, gutted. Yeah. You've got your little Pine Villa Owls top on, or whatever you were. We, we had a we had a pitch on. We had a pitch on Clayton reserved and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But th- on that though, yesterday uh, North Stand were closed, and it were pay on. It was cash only, whatever. Like that's fine. But a, an encouraging thing yesterday was catering, extra kiosks, uh, a wider range of pies, local uh, pie maker, uh, bakers. All that kind of stuff is good, isn't it? Like that that seems to be that, you know, whoever's making commercial decisions now in the background, um, which is, you know, in league with the new owners, um, are making small differences straight away that, that are important, that are really, really like bread and butter, basic stuff. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Or the the Lemzigum's clowning, clowning. I meant to say crowning, but a Freudian slip of the tongue. I said clowning achievement was uh, making running a football club look way, 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 way more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, I'm not yeah. suggesting it's easy, by the way. I know it's got its challenges, but like, you know, little small wins, lots of little small wins add up to making a big difference, don't they? And uh, we're going to have um, Ryan Hamer is going to come on the show hopefully next week, but it's going to be when the um, when the takeover is announced. And he's compiling his top 10 uh, club statements from uh, the oh, Lemsigam era. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be fun. We're going to, we're going to run through that. Um, but we, you know, we've got loads of those. I mean, God knows he's probably whittling it down from a, a top 100 or whatever, but he's whittling it. What, those small wins just weren't, well, they weren't on the pitch either, were they? And they weren't, they weren't in the background and it's, you know, the new owners can come in and, just deliver lots and lots of small wins very, very quickly, very, very easy. I suppose Abdallah started off by renaming Boundary Park, and, and that was about it, really. Wasn't it? Like, that was a small win. But if he'd have done a lot of those kind of things, it would have made a difference. I, yeah, I, had, um, I had a conversation with someone I know in the Blues yesterday. 
about getting people back in and you know they were saying keep season tickets low and get people straight straight in uh, you know new fans and everything but for me there's such a long way to go in regards to because at the moment there's so much work that needs doing on the ground the overall you know the overall day in itself needs to be so much more to get people and retaining people new people we we need a lot more in the sense of obviously the community just do quite a lot of good work but they've not been supported by the club in years so it's little things that you know needs to be put in place to get families back involved and get younger kids in but for me it needs so much investment before we do that because people won't stay you want people to come when things are all you know all done and ready to go and i think that's probably going to be a season off there's, there's probably two phases to it for me is is the the likes of us who who are long-standing fans who maybe have withheld <coughs> our financial patronage of the club for a number of years we now need to back the club presuming the new owner comes in with with a you know with the right attitude towards the club and the town which we we hope and suspect will be the case we, then we need to back the club. So I'm immediately going to start buying season tickets for me and my family. I'm going to immediately going to start, course, start yeah. spending money on the club. I'm, I'm going to back the club from, from that immediate point. Um, but I agree with you. Those people, there needs to be a plan to encourage sort of non-long-standing fans or fans that have, people who've dipped in and out over the years without too much connection and not, not really cared to come to the club, it needs to be on the back of investment in infrastructure and facilities. Now, for me, the, the the junior facilities and the kids' facilities has to be an absolute main pillar of it. I, I'm, I don't know what the plans are for the top floor of the, of the North Stand, but I will be dedicating a significant chunk of that, personally, if, if it were my choice, to to um, to a junior facility or, or somewhere in, in a decent facility for kids to come to with, with entertainment and that sort of stuff, because that's the only way you're going to get those families to come on mass, aren't you? Um, there is, there is one really, really quick way of getting people into Boundary Park. Uh, that's not quick, games. but that's winning games. <laughs> like yeah. you'll put up with pretty crappy facilities if you're winning games and you're near the top of the league and you've got oh, something yeah. to play for. So, you know, which comes first? It's a chicken and egg kind of scenario, and we and we hope that both can be developed quickly. But um, you know, kids, we're all as kids. I mean, there's no no surprise that there's there was a big spike in in people of our generation and they really getting into lattice because they were brilliant. <laughs> so it was it made yeah. a real big difference. Like you know, like kids were Liverpool and United fans and 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 pretty much in that era. And then Oldham was your own team, and you go watching them, and all of a sudden people were turning like and, and loving Oldham because they were winning games and. You know, that was in the second division and we played brilliantly in the cups and stuff. But it doesn't matter what division you're in. Look at Stockport, like, you know, once they're up at the top of that league and they believe in, and, and you know, and Wrexham, they're getting eight, ten thousand 10,000 fans in the ground. So even at this level, um, so proper football clubs like ours, even at this level can can achieve big crowds and, and the atmosphere can be fantastic. And, let you know, let's constantly give credit to the Atletico's and, and what they've achieved. Um, in, in gathering young people together off their own back with very, very little encouragement from the club or support from the club, like you were saying about the community trust, Adam. You know, the, the Atletico's had to battle with the club over to, over the over the uh, years to to get the right positions and all this kind of stuff in the stand and everything. And, and they've done it and they've persisted. Um, and it's going to be a joy, an absolute joy to see them back there uh, at that first game against Dorking. And, yeah. and you know what I'm hoping is that people are going to like. I reckon there'll be quite a few people tuning in around the country that aren't Latics fans to see the first former Premier League team to play in the National League in that fixture against Dorking on the TV. And hopefully they're going to switch on and they're going to go, wow, 
look at Oldham, <laughs> look at the Oldham fans, look at that, look at the atmosphere and, you know, in the sunshine on a, on an August Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, that's, that's what we ought for. And, 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 and I didn't want us to go into the national league next season and, and us be on the telly and boundary park of a thousand fans in it. And, and cause for me, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for me. And that's as somebody who's staying or would have been staying away. It's embarrassing. I, I want always want Oldham to be in the, put in the best light and the club to, and to be proud of it and show it off. So I'm hoping that that game against Dorking, that that's what it'll be. It'll be a celebration. It'll be a big crowd. Uh, Atletico's will be in full voice. And, you know, hopefully we'll get off to a, a, a winning start at home. You'd like so, to think some form of offer, you know, the first game, first home game of the season to get people on. I mean, obviously people with season tickets at the minute, um, I don't know whether there's the incentive where it was bring a friend for a fiver, those sort of things, you know, getting people in who wouldn't normally go because yeah. um, obviously when things are on telly you tend to see less people in the ground don't you but you'd think first game under potential new ownership um, under Sheridan doing his own thing you know Atletico's, Ryan and the lads there, I mean like you said they have been superb um, and the games that we went to um, where we'd gone back for a couple of games for the Pat the Park and stuff, they were absolutely brilliant yeah. And that's the sort of atmosphere that they can bring them. They should be the, you know, the the life and soul of of that Rochdale Road end, and they're making it an absolutely cracking atmosphere. And hopefully, the rest of the ground, you know, oh, it totally spreads. So it totally spreads around, doesn't it? It totally spreads yeah. around. And uh, for me, the pricing of the, for for those youngsters needs to be thought about really, really carefully. It's not about making money off those fans. It's about having them in the ground. It's about having them contribute to the atmosphere. It's about having them there and getting them. <laughs> I don't want to use the word indoctrinated, but I'm trying to link with it. You know, it just becomes part of their lifestyle and they, they can't live without it. And that's what we want. But also to appeal to more more youth of Oldham. So 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 what you want is, is you want the, you almost want the club to work with the Atleticos to help them advertise themselves to the youth of Oldham, the town of Oldham, so that more young uh, young kids, in fact, want to join in with this movement and be an Oldham Athletic Ultra and have the community that comes with that and then travel up and down the country to see the kids with with um, maybe discounted prices so they can get around and stuff. I, I, think, I think that has to be a, one of the main things that you would do, wouldn't you, just to try to sort of encourage that. Um, because I mean, that generation, could, you know, you're talking about. Uh, we were fortunate that we sort of took up supporting Latics in the 80s when, in you know, when we were good comparatively. Um, if we can be on the upward trajectory now, this could be a whole new generation of fans that stay with a club for 20, 30 years again. Exactly, and I think that you know, they can be really positive. I think there are some really positive role models in there. I know, like I've you know, I've spoken to Ryan a good bit. He's a really nice lad. Yeah. Um. Really passionate, and you could be using that as positive role models for young people. Positive. Uh, it, yeah. The, the 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 young people that are, they're not trouble, and what I'm trying to say is that the the club in recent times have demonised them. You know, like giving Ryan a, a ban for going on the pitch and not accepting the issues of why people were doing it. Regardless or not, if you think it's, you know, it's a criminal offence and all that kind of stuff, but they're, they're, it's cause and effect in it. And, and they've had, a, they had enough warnings that you're not dealing with the problem. You are not addressing the people in the right way. You're not engaging. You're just demonizing and making an enemy of the supporters. And, and so that kind of stuff is just, that's what has to change. You can't get to a point where 
you know, he didn't want to get banned from the ground. He wants to be there banging drums and getting his, getting, get, he must be really, it must be a huge buzz to be at the front of that and making all that happen. He, just, he doesn't want to quit, you know, and, and, and not be able to go. I mean, that was one of the things that my dad said of reasons he wasn't going to go this season. Was Once he found out the Atleticos weren't going, he's like, it's going to be dead. What's the point? It's just going to be miserable. So we have to give him credit, not, not punishment. Um, but we've, you know, we've a new door now, haven't we? We've certain, I'd like to think that obviously by us, us obviously speaking, you know, and they give us access to to Darren Royal and he provided us with information before anything was announced. So I'm hoping, obviously, if they do want to work with us um, and the foundation that, you know, we can put these sort of ideas to them about, you know, cheaper prices for season ticket holders for the the kids. And, I mean, you've got that, that age between 18 and 21, which used to be a season ticket on its own price, and that's disappeared. You know, yeah. especially in a cost of living crisis and, you know, people at uni are going to be short of cash anyway. You know, we need to be making it affordable for them when they do come home and they do want to watch matches because, again, that's the sort of age, same age range that you're potentially going to lose if they go off to university and don't come back. The other thing is, like, kids like kids, people that age, they're never, they're not, they don't go prepared. They, you wouldn't you, like, get them in the ground with a few quid in the pocket and they'll spend it while they're in there. They always want to have a drink. They're always hungry, right? There are other things you can sell. Just get them in the ground, first and foremost, with a bit of money in the pocket. You know, me, my, my mum and dad go prepared. They have a flask and I don't spend any money in the ground. Do you know what I mean? But kids do. So get them in there. And, and that's the most important thing. And like, I'm presuming that, the, that this kind of enga- engagement now with, with, with real fans who, who, I don't like using that word because I always criticise. What, what I meant is, is like honest fans, right? People who, who give an honest assessment and, you know, know that it's okay to be critical and, and take criticism. You know, not like some of the you know, fans that have been involved in consultations before with the club, which, you know, you're not going to learn anything from, are you? So um, what I wanted to do, we're going to come on in a little bit. We're going to talk a bit, bit briefly about Joe Royal. Yeah. Because it's his, it was his 40th anniversary uh, of, of of arriving at Latix, uh, and obviously it's clear that there was a an attempt to align the uh, the takeover with that, which didn't quite happen. But uh, last season, Andy, you remember? Um, it's funny because it's a year ago now. It was outside outside Boundary Park. I I um, was interviewing fans before the Burnley game, knowing full well that I was boycotting, and that's when I saw Steve uh, and and did all that. <coughs> I didn't go yesterday. But um, Dave did, and uh, so I got another feature I want to introduce. I don't know, people might not know, my grandmother's Italian, so I think what I'm thinking long term here by int- introducing a little bit of a sort of more European theme, right? Because obviously, obviously, we want to see all of them in Europe, so we're going to have the fans on it. <laughs> Hi, mate. What's your name, pal? Uh, Michael. How long have you supported Latix for? Oh, blimey. Um, probably since about 1986-87. So how do you feel about the takeover at the moment? What's the, what's the feeling? How do you, what about today, coming in today? How does it feel? Fantastic. I hope um, whoever it is, because we don't seem to know who it is, we've got plenty of money. Um, I, I'm chuffed a bit. So whoever it is, we'll get rid of Abdallah. And he's been absolutely horrific. So... Um, this season, I mean, promotion. Let's get promoted. I don't want to be in the National League. I, I went watching all of them in the Premier League, so, you know, the National League to me is like, it's bad. Let's do one season of it and get out. If you had a message to the new owners, what would it be? Um, 
give John Sheridan some money. Um, we're not Wrexham, we're not we're not loaded, but if we don't get in the playoffs, it's a poor season for me. Definitely, definitely a poor season. Thanks, Michael. All the best. I right, know where it's for you. Hi, mate. What's your name, please? Rob Scholes. So, what do you think about the uh, feeling at the moment in the club? I think it's on the up, isn't it? It's um, if it happens, you know, hopefully get rid of these idiots, and uh, I think the club can finally go forward. Do you think it will happen? Are you nervous? I think it'll happen. I do think it'll happen. I mean, there's a little bit at the back of my mind saying it might not go through, but I think I'm pretty sure it will. If you had a message to the new owners, what would it be? Um, embrace the club and embrace the fans, because the fans are the main, the good thing about this club, and they always have been. And if we did get taken over, what do you think of our chances this season? Um, I don't think it matters really as long as we kind of regroup and just progress and you know mid-table top six you know as long as we make progress I think I mean we have done haven't we with the, with the, the signings that Sheridan signed they look like solid signings who's, who's one of the most that you've been impressed with one of the signings I think probably Chris Porter I think he's going to get goals he's got goals wherever he's been you know I know he's supposedly getting on a bit but I think I think you know he knows where the net is so I mean this time last year we started well we started last season with no strikers now we've got two big big lads up front we've got Luamba who he looked decent last season didn't he when he when he played when he weren't injured so uh, I think things are going in the right direction thanks very much mate keep the faith thank you hi I'm just there what's your name pal uh, Charlie Hewitt what do you think of the game so far, Charlie? Uh, it's all right. At least we're winning. So, who's been your favourite player so far? Uh, the left back. I forgot his name. Saying uh, Francis Angol. Yeah, definitely. What score do you think it'll be when we finish today? Uh, 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. What do you think about the new ownership? Are you excited? Yeah, uh, definitely. What do you think we'll finish this season? Uh, probably quite low. Low? I don't much hope. Not much hope, no. Well, I hope you're wrong. Nice. Thanks very much, Charlie. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Even positive music, upbeat music. You know, fanzone. It was the fanzone. Welcome to the fanzone. Yeah, we'll 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 try and this get podcast you know, going down, lads. I'm telling I know. you. Well, you see, we, we 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 really our bread and butter is morning and anger. So uh, this transition is going to be tough for everybody. I think. Uh, but I thought it was an interesting concept from what, what one of the lads said about you know if we didn't at least hit the playoffs, it was going to be a disappointing season. I found that quite strange because for me, this year is all about stability, getting ourselves set up, not just obviously on the field, but off the field and yeah, finishing top half, but I don't think <clears throat> top six is a minimum, given that, not being funny, we're, we're nearly at the start of the season already, takeover is pretty much going to be done right at the very start, isn't it, so... Um, Look at Swindon last time, that for, for inspiration, you know, they were seven players, didn't they? For really close to the season starting, and, and and you know made a good a good go at the playoffs. So I, I mean the the obvious things to look at the comparing last season and the comments from last season to this season. Like there is optimism, 
There is, oh, yeah. you know, there was one or two fans that we spoke to last season that thought we were going to, you know, do well and whatever. But that was just because it's more of a blind faith thing than anything else. I thought what, one of the things I thought was really interesting though was that young lad Charlie. You know, his expectations are so low. No <laughs> it's like, where are we going to finish? You'd be like, you know, because he's used to us finishing. You know, probably never seen a top half finish because he sounded like he might be about ten, and it's ten years in it since we had a top half finish. So um, then you've got the likes of our mate Paddy, who uh, you know always expects like he'll be expecting us to blow away the national league, won't he? Because like this is Oldham in the national league. It's like like last season. This is Oldham in the fourth division. Therefore, we should be, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not being unfair to him because he's always making these kind of points. Like you know. So but you know. We're not going to blow the league away, are we? We look at look at the signings that Wrexham have made. Look at you know it's you've got teams that are there that have that have been building for a good while now. I think it, I think if we can make a push for the playoffs and be in and around it towards the end of the season, I think we'll have done really well, and I'll be really happy with that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's about it's about a new era beginning, and and that can either take off because at the end of the day, we all thought League Two were poor. We're going to think this one's really poor, aren't we? Yeah, I, I guess the top half of this league is 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 as good as League Two in it, as you probably see when teams... I, I bet Stockport are in the top half of League Two. When, when teams go up, seem to compete well. Look at Sutton last season and Forest Green, obviously, have gone through the league in a couple of seasons. So, yeah, like, like you say, I'd, I'd be happy if we're, you know, as long as we're nowhere near the bottom and we're competing uh, towards the top end, that, that'd be fantastic. When you talk about, you're talking about um, some of the players there as well. You know, I've not I've not seen much of some of them, so it's very difficult to to judge. I, I was sort of my word of caution last week was I want to see some more, I want to see some loan signings coming. This is where having the Royals around, presumably when the takeover goes through with their contact book, if we get one or two sprinkles of magic dust on top. We might just we might just have have a decent enough side. I mean, it, there was a few more. Obviously, we know Dan Gardner played at um, Bamber Bridge the other day. So we know, obviously, we're having a look at him and we might be interested in signing him. And then uh, there was some more trialists playing yesterday. Um, I'm not sure exactly sure um, who they were, but the names that are being thrown around are Charlie Cooper, Ben Little and Cameron McGeehan. I don't know, you know, the veracity of those, but... Um, One was definitely know, Charlie Cooper. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was Ben Little or Cameron McGee, and I had a look at the photographs, and they looked pretty similar to me, so I couldn't quite work it out. Um, but yeah, if, if we if we had one one or two more players and loan signs to that, then we might have a competitive team. So, well, when we spoke to Shares ahead of the announcement, Adam, he said he said didn't he, that the loan market was going to be absolutely crucial in in, in terms of fleshing yeah. the squad out, and it's something that has been under uh, utilized since Frankie Bunn, really, isn't it? I mean, Frankie Bunn showed us. You know, Callum Lang scored yesterday. Sam Surridge, you know, Daniel Everson, Iverson, yeah. yeah, really good signings uh, in the law market that were that were quality. And we've, we, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, Taz and Adir and whoever else that we might want to throw out there in recent times that have uh, that have been been brought in. So, yeah. It just shows you the difference between uh, someone like Frankie Bunn, who's obviously very well connected, and the Royals obviously are, versus relying on Mo just ringing up a few of his agent mates, yeah, like Lee Philpot probably, who seems to throw players our way left, right, and centre. Um, and then they're just they're just ringing up clubs and saying, "Oh, I'm looking for people on loan," and then the clubs are going, "Well, we need to get rid of this bloke. We need." Fob him off, fob him off to all. Yeah. And that's it's, what's been happening, isn't it? Clearly, that's that's what makes me just feel so much more calm about the whole whole situation. Like and, and like that young lad you're just talking about. Then, um, I I don't 
I can't actually, the feeling of optimism is weird. <laughs> I can't actually comprehend it. I'm like, why do I feel this way? It's just a weird feeling. I can't. Well, actually... I mean, look what it's doing to me, Andy. It's making me do like all kind of weird things on the podcast. Like, you know, we, we need to, when we get, we're going down to Torquay. I've got the B&B booked. Um, that, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? First game of the season. What happens? Do we do we do we all come back and go? Yeah, we're going to win the league. You know, like Latic, typical Latic fans, or we lose and we're oh no, we're going to get relegated. You know, but it's we're nearly there. I can't. It's brilliant, brilliant fixture to get. I think for the first game, like down on the English Riviera, get down there for the weekend, and hopefully the weather will be nice. Um, and hopefully we just see a decent game of football and and we get a result. I think as long as we get something out of that game, we'll all be happy. Um, but yeah, it's coming around quick, isn't it? Like we've we've what? It doesn't seem two like weeks. two minutes since the season ended. Two weeks, we've got a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to be back into it, and we're going to have. Um, I'm lining up some fan guests, so fan guests are going to return um, when when the games return, um, and then we're going to have some more features, which we won't give away yet, Matt. That we'll we'll bring in. Um, which <laughs> oh, will, which not... spice up the podcast and try and people make it are turning, a bit, a bit people are fun. turning off as we speak they're turning it <laughs> off as we speak no, no I've had enough of these features terrible one thing that I can't leave without talking about is our new podcast so there's bound to be some people listening that can tolerate listening to me and other people more than once in a week probably not the majority but some uh, so what we've decided to do, we've had a good relationship with the lads from the Scarpagara War, which is the Stockport County podcast. And we've been looking around for more contributors in the Greater Manchester area to talk about football in Greater Manchester, because there's loads of clubs, there's loads going on. Um, and you know we are all interested, but we don't, I mean, personally, I, I, I don't sit around listening to Bolton podcasts and, and Rochdale podcasts and all the other stuff. Um, and obviously United and City, but we live in one of the most populated football regions in the in the country and so we've started this new podcast the greatest manchester football podcast which you know we're, we're bigging it up there uh, but we're hoping it's going to live up to its title and we're going to chat it's um going to be just fans chatting about our clubs with each other loads of banter it's not going to be you know we're not going to take it too seriously we're just going to have the crack and um it starts next friday uh, it's going to be live on YouTube, uh, we'll tweet out all the information, put it on socials and whatnot. But really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good banter. The lads, you know, the lads uh, from the Scarpagara War, they're, they're good lads, uh, a good laugh. And um, really looking forward to chatting with them about what's going on in Greater Manchester uh, and just having a slightly different take on it. Um, what do you think? Are you, are, are you as excited as me? Be, be positive and, and sound excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's well. The, one of the main early debating points is going to be like who's in Lancashire, who's in Cheshire, and and what makes up Greater Manchester. I think that a lot of Oldham fans are like reluctant to be in Greater Manchester, aren't they? I think they still want to be in Lancashire. Parts of Oldham are still in Yorkshire, so like, apparently, and all this. So I think borders is an interesting, an interesting cop topic of conversation but there, there can be no question that we are all part of the greater manchester conurbation it's getting bigger it's growing it's a it's a local authority call it what you want you still go watching lancashire cricket andy don't you it, it's at old trafford we're in, historically we're at the heart of lancashire and that's i think it's i think it's okay to be both to be honest with you yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean i i consider myself a manchester lad because i'm not from oldham but yeah, no, we, I don't think it really matters, does it? 
And speaking no. of Lancashire, I was absolutely gutted yesterday. Bob run. Bob oh, run. Can't believe we threw that away. We were yeah. so we, 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 it was out that was ours to we should have won that easy. Did brilliant in the first innings. Comfortable, Shocking. yeah. Gutted. So Matt, in uh, relation to your podcast, is it going on Spotify and stuff like that, or is it just gonna be a YouTube sensation? No, no we're gonna do it on we're gonna do the first one on YouTube. Um <laughs> Just because, just because, uh, just timing. But yeah, we're gonna tr- we're gonna record on Thursday nights and then put it out for Friday. And we'll be on a Wednesday. If you, I mean, God, God help you if you can stick around and listen to me three times a week. But we'll be doing the Latics football phoning as well um, on a Wednesday night from eight till nine. But the idea of the Latics football phoning, right, is that Latics fans phone in. It's not that I want to sit there and talk for an hour. I really don't. I want the fans to phone in. And hopefully next season when maybe we're winning some games and there's there's a bit more to talk about on the football because we want that to be about the football in more depth. Um, we're going to have special guests on. We're, we're going to try and get Shez on first week. That's our that's our aim. Um, and we want it to be a lot more of an in-depth look at the, at, at the football. So, you know, it's going to be on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, uh, eight till nine. Get involved. Give us a ring. Let's talk about it. I wonder what day the sports cast going to slot into all that. Yeah, I mean, there's exactly. Presumably, they're keeping an eye on what's going on and thinking, "Well, we need to we need to play our play our trump card at the right time." Once, it's not going to happen, that is it? Comes out, your ratings are going to plummet, mate. Honestly, <laughs> the thing is, is that the first episode. I would imagine the first episode of that w- would just the ratings for it would just be would be amazing. Like they get so many views and listens, and so many people coming in, um, but. I can't. I personally can't imagine having to listen, wanting to listen to it too often, like after that. But yeah, it's not going to happen now, is it? There's no chance. No. Yeah. It was nice to, just to see his trailer, though, wasn't it? That was that was fun. That that's got well over two two thousand views. But I mean, I must have watched it about ten times, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was just thinking, like, oh my god, this is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, Kev, if you want any, any, any hand, if you want a hand putting features together. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move on. Let's talk about Big Joe. Right. Forty years ago, which I mean, for me, that's kind of mad when you put it in that context. Because I was only four years old when he when he joined Latix. Um, it would have been a beautiful bit of symmetry had they managed to pull off the takeover at that anniversary, wouldn't it? it, it when when we sat down speaking to when Darren was telling us about it in the meeting, uh, Adam, he started off by sort of reminiscing about you know. Joel arriving on the back of a truck and all that kind of stuff, which is always a nice little anecdote to, to how he arrived at Boundary Park and kind of kind of fit in. It feels kind of right for where the club was at, um, and and you know the fact that he sort of drove away in a in a jag at the end of it after everything he'd achieved, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? And it's bittersweet, I think, isn't it? It's for me, it's like when you celebrate something like the 40th anniversary of Joel arriving. And then juxtaposition it with where we are now. All it does is is prove to show the the gulf of where we were to where we've fallen. Um, I guess to, to, you know, in the spirit of positivity, it's just show that you know, maybe Joe being back involved, um, maybe this rise, you know, and it's not that it's not, it's not all on Joe, but you know. Um, we're in a position where we need to do it again, albeit from a, a much, much lower position. What I love about Joe is the no matter how many times people talk to him about what he did at the club, he's still got a massive smile on his face every time he talks about it. 
it's like he's telling you for the first time. It's not like it's a pre-rehearsed conversation. It's literally like he's fully engrossed in that conversation and wants to give you every bit of detail. And can I can I give you a, a can I give you a jaw roll anecdote? Yeah, so, please do. So I'm so I work in advertising. I'm I'm in I'm in London and I get invited to the Football Writers Awards dinner. So where they you know the, the journalists uh, give their manager and player of the year. And it was at, it's at the Lancaster Club. We used to be at the Lancaster Club. And so this was about 2004. I go to this event. So you've got Ferguson there. You've got Wenger there. You've got, they're all there. I'm sat on a table with Keith Birkinshaw from Spurs. And, and I'm just looking around the room and everyone's like having the picture taken with all these big names and huge stars. And I'm just looking around the room for anyone who's Latics connected. I couldn't see anybody. And then I saw David Sheepshanks, who was involved in the FA, who was the Ipswich chairman, walk past me. I was like, oh, I wonder where he is. So I got up and followed him all the way to the back of this sort of little little room at the back. It wasn't in the main auditorium. And around this table was a big group of people, which I imagine was, was the Ipswich Town Board of Directors. When tucked away right in the corner, you couldn't barely get to him, was Joe Royal. So I, just, I walked over and I was like, oh, you know, it's really awkward. So I said, excuse me, do you mind if I interrupt? And they all look at me and I'm like, hi, Joe, I'm, I'm an Oldham fan. Have you got a brief minute for a chat? He got up from the table walked me over to the bar, bought us a couple of pints, and we sat down and had a chat for 25 minutes at the bar. What a lovely man. Class. <laughs> He's just a lovely man. <laughs> I mean, no, no, you, you've, I think you struggle to find, you know, people, you know, maybe people that that, that, that he managed over the years, you know, players and managers have, have tumultuous relationships sometimes, but I think anyone in the game, like... That, that's ever come across Joe will only have positive words to speak about him. He's, he is an absolute gentleman and it is a real honour and a, and a pleasure to have him around the club again. And, 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 and you know, speak about Darren as well. Darren's like sort of, he's very much Joe's son, isn't it? I mean, he's a big bugger like Joe, like, you know, he's, in, he's a, an impressive character and he was there in his suit and very dignified kind of gentleman like Joe is. Um, and yeah, that's just, you know, we're fans, aren't we? And we say what we want because we're fans and we behave like fans and, and we try and be professional. But there's been an, an air of professionalism that that, that, the, that the Royals being involved in this takeover has brought back to the football club because it has been lacking. It really, really has been lacking. So, yeah, I think, you know, there are such, such great adjectives such as dignity and professionalism and hopefully it's... It's all back, back for good.